Good morning. Thank you for joining us at Friends Church today. I love to see this very full room. If you're watching online, I'm glad that you've joined us as well. You won't have the benefit of seeing all these um, other faces in the room, just mine, but just know that um, we are all connected here, whether you're in person or whether you're joining us online or whether you're going to watch this later or hear it on the podcast. So thank you for being here. Uh, We have a lot of faithful givers in this community. Um, I'm part of a team that is called the Charitable Giving Team. My name's Emily, and we get to stand up here every week and talk to you about sometimes some other stuff, but always money. So (laughs) that's just the way we roll. Um, Everything that we do here at Friends Church is dependent on your generosity on the um, willingness for the people who enjoy being here and believe in what we do to support us financially. And that um, has gone really well. Uh, We just like to give you updates once in a while just to make sure that you're in the loop of where we're at and how things are going. Um, At this point, coming into May, if you can believe that we are coming into May, I'm shocked by that, but it's getting close. Um, We are actually just a little bit behind what our projected income for the year is. So at this stage, we're about $3,000 behind where we want to be. Nothing to raise any alarms about, nothing to start banging the drum about, but we just wanted to let you know so that if somebody was thinking about giving a one-time gift or increasing your you know, regular giving, we wanted to give you the opportunity to understand where we're at so that you could join us in that. We have some exciting stuff going on this afternoon. We've got our community lunch happening um, directly after the service in the social hall, which is just down the hallway that way. Um, Thank you to everyone who signed up ahead of time who registered. That just helps us plan to make sure that we have enough food. But if you are hearing about this for the first time today, or you were thinking about registering and you never got around to it, please don't let that stop you. We would love for you to join us, have lunch. We planned for extra. Um, And just come and connect and enjoy the community, get to know some people, have some delicious food. I think I heard it's donairs and Greek salad. I'm hoping, yeah, don't know. Hopefully I'm right, because that sounds delicious. Um, But it'll be a really great time to just hang out, get to know each other, um, and enjoy a meal together. So we really hope to see you there. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. First, I'll be friendly. Welcome to French Church. Sorry. My name is Vince. Nice to meet y'all. Um, I, I, sometimes I transition really poorly because today I'm just going to go into, I want to start with kind of an assumption that we've all been hurt before. It's a fair assumption, isn't it? People have said things to us. People have done things to us. As it's, it's interesting. As I look through the crowd, I see your faces and your stories pop up in my head. Because I've talked to you. And I don't want to point anyone out, but I've, I've heard teachers who said things to people that I'm going, oh my goodness. And it's been running their life ever since. I see people who've made mistakes, had failures, and that's still stuck inside of them. I see people who are living with wounds from their childhood, things that their parents said, things that their parents didn't do. And they're adults now. We're adults now. And there's this, I don't know, it's like this sick 
dark energy inside of us. The residue of those moments are still stuck inside of us. One of the stories we're going to talk about next week, it described it as an animal crouching at our door. That's kind of, it has this sexual connotation, but not in a good way, but it's trying to attack us. And it's almost like these moments from our past that we never dealt with, that were never handled well, are trying to like tear us down. To me, it feels like sometimes when these moments kick in, it's like somebody grabs hold of the wheel of the car of my life and tries to drive it off a cliff on me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the, the woman I love and I, I'm raising my voice and I'm making these like massive blanket statements. You never and you always and blah, blah, blah. And I go, oh, wait, that's not me. That's not even her. The word we're using for this inside of us is resentment. It's the residue of the pain, the wounds, the trauma even, that's still there. And it's trying to sabotage our lives. It's trying to undermine who we want to be. It's trying to tear things apart that we value. And if we don't get a handle on it, it's kind of like (laughs) it will drive our lives off of a cliff. I say that absolutely, and I don't mean it that way. What I mean is this needs to be dealt with, or it seems it will hurt us and the people we love. Resentment. Can you feel that resentment? For me, it sits kind of right here. I can feel it when it kicks in and starts to... The funny thing is, we can feel this thing, you know, derailing a lot, cause us to yell at our kids and like quit jobs that we, you know, it does all this crazy stuff. When you feel yourself just go crazy, you think, who the hell was that? Chances are it's that resentment that just freaked out, took hold of the wheel, and just ran you off the road. But we try and deal with it in this really weird way. I didn't realize it until I started to work on this message, and I realized, oh, geez. And to, to explain the mechanism we do to try and deal with this, I want to talk about something else. But here's the thing I want you to remember. As we go through this, this mechanism doesn't work. But we're in that attic cycle. Well, it didn't work last time. But this time it's totally going to work, right? It didn't work the last 3,000 times, but 3,001 is the magic number. Totally going to work. Anyone, don't put your hand up. But anyone else? <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's a story that talks about it. I love the Bible because it asks these insanely good questions. And it points into humanity. The, the, I'm going to geek out for a second. Hermeneutic, how we interpret the Bible. That's what that word means. The hermeneutic that we use is a psychological hermeneutic. It says, what does this story say about being human? And this one kicked me in the head today. It's a creation story. Remember I told you there's three creation stories. We talked about the last one last week. It talks about the days. It talks about the rhythm of life. First, there's 24 hours. 
Then there's a weekly break. And I said, what if living on the rhythm of life is good for us? Let me put that creation story away. They had a whole bunch and they kind of built a few different ones together and kind of made this cool second one. Second one talks about humanity. It says that in the beginning, the creator created Adam. Adama, it's the word for ground. It has this connotation that like out of the ground, out of the, the very essence of life came humanity, but it's gendered. Man was created. We're going to talk about that in a second. God puts Adam in a garden, Eden. That's why we use the word Eden for anything good. This is Eden, right? You go to Mexico, this is Eden. Unless you're in the cartels, then it's not Eden. (laughs) I guess I only go to nice places in Mexico, don't I? (laughs) So, Crater puts Adam in Eden. It's wonderful, beautiful. Like, everywhere is just gorgeous. Like, flower gardens, gorgeous. And there's trees everywhere, and God says, there's one tree you can't eat. You can have anything else you want. One tree you can't eat from. Which tree are you thinking about right now? As soon as we say something is bad, our brain team sends a lock in on that. Like, what, what do you mean that? That tree looks really good. Like, check that fruit out. God's like, no, 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 no. No eating of that tree. Then there's this whole drama. Eve comes into the picture. Eve is the word for mother of all. It's kind of a play on that word. So we have the ground and all mothers in this moment. So essentially what he's trying to say is, we are here. Now somehow, even though the creator gave the ad, or prohibition to Adam, Eve somehow, the editing's a little funky, but somehow Eve gets the same thing. I'm not sure if Adam tells her or if whatever happens, but Eve is thinking, oh, I can't eat to that tree either. So here's the story, and this is the part I want us to pay attention to, because a serpent walks up to Eve. This is what it says. I picture this guy stroll. The the serpent walks up to Eve and says, did God really say you shouldn't eat from that tree? And Eve goes, of course we can't eat from that tree. We can't even touch it. She gets a little spicy. She starts adding a few things, right? We can't even touch it. Now, Does anyone know the the graphic novel Sandman? Put up your hand if you do. We've got a few geeks in the room, right? Anyone see the Netflix uh, retelling of it? You know Sandman's sibling, Desire? That's what I picture the serpent looking like. Like just gorgeous and like made up and androgynous. And as she goes, you know, Eve's going, no, no, we can't even touch that fruit. As the serpent walks away, kind of off the side, they go, oh, no, darling. If you eat this fruit, you won't die. You'll be like God. And then strolls away. First, I'm not supposed to pay attention to the fruit. Now you're telling me there's a conspiracy? That God was trying? He knew all along that if you eat this fruit, you're going to be just like God? What are you supposed to do with that? Now, some of you are thinking, oh, I wouldn't be tempted at all. B.S. There's a kid in the room, so I won't swear. 
Shout out to the... He, does he know swears yet? <laughs> I won't teach him, sorry. <laughs> His name's Hudson. It's our first meeting, so I'm going to be in my best behavior. So here we have this whole situation, you know, the serpent strolls through, throws out the conspiracy theory, says, oh, no, no, you're going to be like God. And so this, this text reads this. Can you throw it up for me, Esmond? I want to get it right. So it says, Eve took some of its fruit and ate it and also gave some to her husband, Adam, and he ate it. The character God in the story, the author writes, the character of God was going for a walk in the garden after this. I guess as gods are wont to do, go for a stroll. Garden's nice, whatever. And Adam's not acting like usual. Says, um, Adam, what's going on? Did you eat of the fruit I told you not to? Did you eat of the fruit I told you not to? Can you throw up the quote from Esmond? Uh, sorry, that's not the one. <laughs> My bad. I probably, I built this this week, and so uh, I apologize. Adam says something along the lines of this. Eve gave me the fruit, and you brought Eve into my life, and I might have eaten. What is he doing? Actually, not even. You did this to me. You're for blame, right? His spinelessness is spectacular. He's somehow trying to say to God, there was a moment when Eve clubbed me like a seal, put me on the ground, tied me up like this, and then held my nose until I had to open it and then shoved the fruit in my mouth and then put their hand over my mouth until I swallowed it. That's what he's intimating. And if that doesn't count, God, you did it. Now, the church traditionally has seen this in a really troubling way. It said, Eve did something bad. I want to look at this differently. And I want to look at Adam. And more than that, I want us to see Adam in all of us. Something goes wrong. Adam makes a bad decision. He eats the fruit. He knew it. It's unequivocal. There's no like question mark. Not supposed to do it. He does it anyways. But his first reaction is to blame somebody else. Anyone ever blamed anyone? Don't put up your hand. It wasn't me. It was that person. Now, I'm going to tie this back to resentment, but just give me a few more minutes. Because I don't, when I first read this, I didn't see it. Oh, yeah, I get, yeah, Adam's being dumb and spineless and blaming everyone. But I want to show how it ties into this resentment piece. I was at a men's conference, a guy named John Wineland I was studying with. (laughs) Imagine 20 men in Southern California sitting in a room in lotus position, breathing for three days straight. That's what it was. Super good. Actually, it changed my life, but whatever. Um, He would always start the lecture with about, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes of talking. And then we'd breathe. And so he starts talking. And and the one rule we had was, you can't be late. Day three, we're all sitting there. 
a guy walks in about 10 minutes late, not like rude, not like stomping in. He kind of like sneaks in the back and like slides into his little lotus position. And the guy stops everything. You're late. We're all like, <laughs> like literally, like it's like a spotlight is shining on him. Now, if I'm honest, I felt two emotions. One, oh geez, that's brutal on that guy. Second, thank God that's not me. <laughs> You're late. And I don't remember exactly what the guy, but there was something along the lines of, okay, I was coming in, but traffic and, and um, you know, I'm late. And the guy's, the leader's still. says, no, try again. Well, okay, but we, there was a, an accident and I, you know, trying to get around and, and, and I, you know, and we're all doing this. I don't know what his answer is. I'm like, to the leader, like, you're being mean. Just give the guy a break. Like, it's traffic. It's traffic. The leader, no. Try again. Finally, the guy, and this was one of his core people. It wasn't even me. I was like a newbie. Core people. He stopped. He took a breath and he said, I'm late and I'm sorry. The leader said, thank you. Then we moved on. At the time, I was so uncomfortable that I didn't see the mechanism. It's the Adam mechanism. I've done something wrong. I have failed. I didn't live up to my word. I didn't do what I promised. I didn't live up to my values. I didn't do something. And instead of saying, I'm late and I'm sorry. It was Eve. Now, some of you are thinking, if you're in my head, you're thinking, okay, but that was a legit excuse, right? The guy hit traffic on the way in. That's legit, isn't it? Let's do a poll. Who thinks that's a legit excuse? You know I'm going to try and undermine this after this, right? So be careful what you do here. (laughs) Question for you. Did that guy estimate how much time it was going to take him to get in? Was his estimation optimistic at best? Could he have left earlier and regardless of traffic, made it in on time? So really, him blaming traffic, it's BS, isn't it? The honest answer would be, I was optimistic in my estimation of how long it would take, and that's on me. But we want to do the Adam thing, don't we? Blame everybody. I, I walk through my life and feel like sometimes I'm just doing this all the time. Vince, it was that person. What are we talking about? Have you ever seen kids? I love when you watch little kids. The parent will be like, Johnny! And Johnny's like, it was them! What are we talking about? <laughs> the other day. So I, I should know better, right? 
I'm working on this message. And me and my wife had had a couple busy weeks, just like busy. I was gone for a couple, like maybe five days. She was busy, family, stuff. We were all over the place, busy at work. And we're starting to feel a little disconnected. And so we sit down on the couch, and this is how I started the conversation. You have been, you have been, can you feel what I'm doing already? You don't even know what I'm going to say. You already know I'm pulling an atom. Why didn't I start with, hey, I've been really busy last little while. And I'm sorry, I would really like to connect with you. Can we spend some time together? That's honest, isn't it? But it came in guns blazing. You, you have been busy. You haven't prioritized this. You. How much in your life, as you start to look this through, do you pull an atom? Start fights with you. Start moments with, it was that guy who cut me off, that's why I'm mad. It was them, they didn't get their stuff in time, that's why I'm late. My family, they always treat me like that, that's why I'm like this. Take it all the way back to resentment. Things have happened in our lives. They've gone unresolved. They're now sitting inside of us. We want to take the wheel, it wants to take the wheel of our life and drive us off the proverbial cliff. And then when something happens, our first reaction is to go, okay, but you, you did it. Not that demon inside of me that tries to wreck things all the time. No, 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 we're not going to pay attention to that one. You. If you watch reality TV or politics, you know this response well, right? Literally, some politicians just walk around like I do. I don't know, whatever the issue is, it's not me, it's you. I was curious, why do we do this? Then I realized, I heard a story this last week. A friend of mine came in and her phone was broken. Back of her phone was smashed out. And I was like, dude, what happened to your phone? She's like, oh, you got to hear this story. And I realized something in her story, and I want you to pay attention. She had every opportunity to pull an atom. She could have blamed the person in her life, and you're going to see this in a second. She had every right to blame him. The story goes, she met a guy. They'd been dating three weeks. She wanted to introduce him to her friends. They were having a dinner party. She brings the new boyfriend to the dinner party. Within an hour, her boyfriend and the host are having a fist fight on the front lawn. That escalated quickly, didn't it? <laughs> Smashes her phone, two fist fights. We look at her and we say, in our culture, we had a time where we blamed victims poorly. And we learned along the way that blaming victims doesn't help them heal very well. The downside is, it seems like that's on a pendulum. Because when we look at somebody as a victim, we don't see the other piece of this puzzle. And that's what I'm trying to get to. We go, there's a, she's going, I'm with an abusive guy. What can I do? 
I was like, did you dump his ass? And she said, no, I didn't. But she said, a week ago, something else happened. Or a week later, something else happened. And then I did. And I remember thinking, and she could tell, like I was going, and then she said, okay, Vince, but you have to understand something. In my past, I would have identified as the victim. And this would have lasted for a year. I ended it within a week. That's me going, there is something I can do. I am not just a victim of these moments. I can make a change. Tell me, folks, could she not have blamed his bad behavior? A fist fight in the front lawn with her best friend within an hour. But no, she said, what role in this do I have control over? That was sobering. There's this idea, I started researching, (laughs) why do we blame people? You know what didn't come up? Because they're wrong, that didn't come up. (laughs) That's what I was looking for. (laughs) And then I thought, well, maybe it's because we just don't want to take responsibility, right? But then I read this one article, it's from 2020, they did a study, and they realized this really insane connection. People who struggle to sit in their negative emotions blame disproportionately more than people who can. Let me say that again. People who don't want to feel sad or scared or hopeless or defeated or powerless, whatever emotion you don't want to feel, if you're unable to sit in that emotion... You see how resentment looks a lot like that? This will cause you to blame as a way to avoid doing your own work. And suddenly all these stories started to come around. I was like, oh, crap. It's not that I'm blaming my wife, that's the problem. And so don't start the conversation with you, but figure out a way to blame her using the I pronoun. I'm feeling like other people in this relationship aren't pulling their weight, right? (laughs) I didn't say you, (laughs) but I'm doing the same crap. But there's some emotion inside of me that I don't want to feel, that I can't feel, that I, it's just so painful to me. But instead of going there and doing that work, it was her. You see now why blaming is so painful? When I first did this message, I said, hey, we're going to do this series on resentment. Someone's like, well, how long is that going to take? Just forgive the people. It'll take you like 10 minutes to say that. Spoiler alert, we're only going to talk about forgiveness at the very end. 
if you hold a resentment before we go to forgiveness, because forgiveness can do this. I don't want to feel this dark feeling. I don't want to feel this loneliness. I don't want to feel this pain. I don't want to feel this sadness. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this person who doesn't care about me, doesn't take care of me. I don't want to feel that. And so I'm just going to forgive them. Instead of using our resentment to go deep inside of us and go, no, 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 no. What's going on inside of you? That's the ugly one. Forgiveness can be used to avoid just like blaming. And suddenly I go, it's not about not using the you pronoun. You did this, it's you did this. It's the fact that instead of blaming, I'm avoiding emotion. And so in psychology, we call these things a red flag. If you do something, it's this red flag of like, okay, stop, 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 stop. Get mindful. What's going on inside of me? Why am I freaking out? Why am I snapping? Why am I really to burn the house down? What, what's going on? And blaming, if you're willing, is one of those red flags that can say, there's something inside of you that you need to learn. There's some feeling that you've avoided. There's some work that you can do that will deal with the resentment, not just trying, blaming is just a void. I, I don't, no, 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 over there. No, no, no. This thing is still trying to drive your life off the cliff. But if you stop and go, no, 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 okay, wait, 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 what's going on here? I'm going to tell the Vince Clausen version of the creation story. This is the way I think it should have gone. No eating, you know, no eating the fruit. Adam eats the fruit. God says, hey, what'd you do? Adam says, it was Eve. She made me do it. It was God. And God says, no. Try again. Okay, but maybe it wasn't you because you're big and scary, but it was definitely Eve. No. Try again. Lately, I've been feeling small. Things going on in my life that I couldn't control. And the serpent told me, if I do this, I won't have to feel that anymore. I'll be like a god. And so instead of dealing with that pain inside of me, I ate that fruit. Thank you. That's the work we're invited to do. That's the work I think can be found in the second creation story. The cautionary tale that says blame will only help you avoid the thing that you can work on to become whole and and true and actually deal with your resentment. Actually do something that will work. Now probably there's a a range of people today. Some of you, you're like me in that class where the guy says, you know, traffic, and I'm going, what's the big deal? It was traffic. Throw the guy a bone. Give him a break. You were like me and you can't even see the blame. For you, if that's where you are, start here. See it in other people. It's always better to point the finger. I can see it. Those people, can't believe they did that. Watch friends that start with, oh, my partner. 
Oh, my boss. Oh, society. Oh, oh, oh. And they start with pointing the finger and they're going this. You can just see it. Start with that and be like, it's just in your brain. Don't call them out. Well, unless you're that kind of person. But do it nicely. I always do it poorly. So do it nicely. Learn from my errors. You can say, oh, I see what they're doing. They're blaming. And then you can look at them deep in the eye and go, I wonder what they're trying to avoid. Was there something they could have done that they didn't? And now they're feeling ashamed? Is it powerless? Is it fear? I was at my family gathering and, you know, my my dad said this to me and, you know, I had to sit there for the next three hours and, you know, it was so brutal. And you're going, oh, wait, 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 your dad. Ah, why didn't you leave? Well, I couldn't do that because then it would be embarrassing and everyone would see and, ah, okay. Maybe you're a little bit more skilled. You can start seeing blame inside yourself. Watch out for those second-person pronouns. Start a sentence with them, you, that kind of business. Take a moment and go, wait, 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 wait. What am I doing here? We can all conceive of a moment where we had zero control. Those are horrible. That's why we don't victim blame. But the reality is a lot of our lives, even my friend, abusive relationship, horrible. And yet... She goes, no, no, there is something I can do. Use blaming as a red flag and say, wait, wait, I'm doing it. What's going on? Ninja level says, wait a second, what did I feel just before I started to blame? What emotion came up? What was the situation? Start to watch for that. Watch for the patterns. Be like, oh, wait, every time that person says something and that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am like, what? Watch the patterns. And if you want like God level, it's going, no, 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 what feeling am I trying to avoid? Folks, you put me in a situation where I feel powerless. The chances of that evil, dark resentment trying to drive my life off. Actually, no, it's not going to go off the cliff. It's going to try and drive over you and then off the cliff. I hate that feeling so much. I will blame anyone to avoid that feeling. Our resentment can be our deepest teacher. It can show us the pain from our past that needs to be dealt with. It can show us where we're emotionally immature, where we haven't done work, where we need to start developing ourselves. It can show us all of that if we listen to it. So I'm begging you. I'm begging me. Let's stop avoiding the lessons. Let's pay attention to our resentment and say, wait, what's going on? If this is overwhelming, find a professional, counselor. That's, this is what they'll do for you. They'll help you. They'll titrate it. They'll bring you into the moment, help you learn how to deal with it, bring it back, give you safety, then push it in again and keep pushing until you're like, wait a second, powerless? Yeah, no big deal. Bring it. May we live lives of meaning and purpose where our resentments don't take over 
and try and destroy everything. That's the heart of this series. And may we stop the Adam cycle that says, if I blame someone else, I don't have to do my own work. It doesn't work. We're about to go for lunch, have a great moment, watch for blame. If the food's not good, it's definitely my fault that you just blame me. Next week, we're going to talk about the other way. We're going to talk about shame. If you have somebody who wants to point your finger at yourself, I want to show you how that's not helping you either. Put it on your calendar. Come out next week. Have a great week, everyone. Take care.